0: Hello friends, it's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, the down-to-earth guide to natural practices for healthier birds and a happier world. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, Just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia. Hello, friends. Welcome to Chickenlandia and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. My name is Dahlia. I am your host today. I am the president of Chickenlandia. And I'm also a backyard chicken educator, and I'm coming to you from the lovely Pacific Northwest. So today we're going to talk about how to feed chickens from chickhood to adulthood. And I get a lot of questions about how to feed chickens and chicks all the time. And I think it's because, unfortunately, it's become a little bit confusing. <laughs> Is it? It's become a little bit confusing, even though it should be the easiest thing in the world. Because, you know, if you think about it, feeding chickens is something that we have done for a really long time. As long as the chicken has been domesticated, we have been feeding them. And that's thousands of years. OK, so it should be pretty simple. And in true Chicken Landia fashion, I'm going to make things really simple and easy and stress free for you. OK. Okay, so I'm going to actually be answering two listener questions today. And if you want to submit a question to Bok Talk and possibly become chicken famous, which I know is everybody's dream in, in this world, <laughs> five minutes of chicken fame—that's <laughs> that's everyone's dream. All you have to go to, all you have to do is go to welcometochickenlandia.com, go to the contact section, and you will see ask a chicken question. There's a little drop-down menu. You can ask a chicken question. And while you're at it, while you're on my website, please remember to join Chickenlandia Nation. That is my mailing list. And I do not spam. I'm not a spammer. I don't, I just, I don't like it. I don't like it when I get like an email every other day. I really don't like that. Um. So I don't do it. Um, but you will get good deals like when i have deals going on you will get them first and also like right when you sign up you'll get a coupon for my online course and that is chicken landia's backyard chickens 101 a chicken course for everyone so um it's a super fun interactive course the chicken landia presidential advisor is my uh, co-instructor so we're in there you get access to us we will answer your questions quickly um, and it's a great course, and I'm really proud of it. So definitely sign up for Chicken Landia Nation so you can get that coupon. Um, I need to make two very quick announcements before we get started, before we get into the nitty-gritty. And this is because I got to pay those chicken bills. Y'all, my chickens are bougie. They, you know, they keep passing me the bills. They don't pay them. They pass them to me. <laughs> so... So here I am making these announcements. As always, I want to let you know that this podcast was brought to you by the folks at My Favorite Chicken. My Favorite Chicken is my favorite online shop to get my feed. Now they have non-GMO scratch and peck feed. It's non-GMO, organic, responsible, all that good stuff. That's my favorite feed. Mm -hmm. Um, They've got chicken supplies. They've got other like chicken fun stuff like... Uh, aprons and purses and stuff like that. They've got chicken treats, like chicken fondue. That's a super awesome treat that they have. So uh, I will put the link to my favorite chicken in the description and in the show notes so that you can go and visit their website. This podcast was also brought to you by Small Pet Select. Small Pet Select is local to me, but they have an online store that I absolutely love. And they have a new product that i was just posting about the other day um it's their flaked oyster shell and there's nothing flaky about it it will show up when you need it <laughs> uh it'll be there for your chickens uh but it's like oyster shell flakes and i i got to tell you like i've never seen my chickens just act absolutely like go after the oyster shell and start eating it like right when i put it out usually they just kind of peck at it and then they walk away but they were like eating it like, a lot of it, like, right when I put it out. So for whatever reason, they really liked that that kind, maybe, like, because it was flaked. But anyway, I'm loving it. The chickens are loving it. And there is a coupon for My Pet Select. I will put that code for you in the description and in the show notes. And they have stuff for, like, rabbits and chinchillas and all that fun stuff, too. Okay, so in Chickenlandia, we're all about common sense, We're about making things easy. We're about making things natural. We do not like to complicate things. Uh, We do not like to create roadblocks for people to have chickens. Like we really want to make things easy and accessible for people. So one thing that I want to just kind of keep, I, I want you to just keep this in the back of your mind as we go through how to feed chickens I just want you to remember, like we were just talking about, for millennia, 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 chickens have eaten what humans have wasted. Traditionally, that has been their meal, and that has been the real beauty of our symbiotic relationship with them. Now, of course, chickens today, modern chickens, especially in the Western world, Um, they're different biologically than the chickens, even a hundred years ago. Chickens today are different. Uh, modern chickens have been bred to lay a lot of eggs, like an impossible amount of eggs, (laughs) like, especially these like champion layers that are like laying every day. That's really not like a natural state for them. They've been bred that way. And because of that, they have very high nutritional needs, so what I'm going to be sharing with you today is the best case scenario as far as feeding chickens. But I also want you to know that, you know, if all you can do is feed your chickens kitchen scraps and or, you know, let them out on pasture and you can't afford to feed them chicken feed, I I just want to come out and say right now that that is a valid way to feed chickens. And you know, they'll be, they'll be living, like have a great life. They will not be languishing in a factory farm. And so any chicken that you can care for in that manner, that is okay with me. Um, And also like they won't be on a factory farm and you won't be eating factory farm eggs. So I just kind of want to like, I don't know. I just feel like it's really important to mention that because, you know, of course, if you are feeding them an appropriately, you know, an appropriate feed for their stage of life, they they will probably live longer than if they were just eating scraps. But I think their quality of life would be great, even if you can't do that. So I'm just always going to leave that door open and say that that is a valid way to feed chickens. So we'll just keep that as our foundation as we go forward. Okay, so I said I was going to start out with baby chicks. We're going to go from baby chicks all the way to adulthood. So from the time your baby chicks hatch or when they come home to you, they will need a feed that is specifically made for them, for their nutritional needs, for their stage of life. And that's called starter feed. And that should be available to them all the time if you have them under a heat lamp. And during their awake hours, if you have them, it, under a radiant brooder. So the like a radiant uh, brooder would be one that they go under and there, it's like a, a a radiant heater and they go under it. But at night, you know, it would be dark so they won't be eating during that time. But you know, honestly, to make things easier, even if mine are under a radiant brooder, I will have feed available to them all the time. But one thing you need to really make sure of, is that they're in a predator proof area. You know, I mean, I have my chicks, my baby chicks in the house. So that's, you know, hopefully predator. <laughs> we are out in the country now. <laughs> there are a lot of critters out here. Um, but you know, if you have your, if you you're having chicks in an outside brooder, you just need to make extra sure if there's going to be feed out there all the time that critters can't get to the baby chicks, you know, especially rats will try and get chicken feed and rats will come for chicken feed and then they'll hurt the baby chicks. So you don't want that. So make sure that you're in You know, you have the chicks in a predator proof area. So there is medicated feed like for starter feed comes in two, it comes in medicated and it comes in non-medicated. And my recommendation for a small backyard flock, like the one you will likely have, would be to go with non-medicated feed. And there's a long explanation that I have for that. If you want to see some videos about why I give this recommendation, I will post those in the description and in the show notes so you can, you know, watch more about that. But just, you know, I I didn't want to, like, include all that information because it would make this podcast too long. But I do recommend non-medicated feed for small flocks. So your chicks, your baby chicks, will need to be on starter until at least eight weeks of life, at which point you can switch them over to grower. Some people will switch them to grower. Or you can keep them on starter if you don't wanna bother with re, you know switching them to grower. I really feel like it's okay to keep them on starter until they reach either the point of lay or they get to 20 weeks whichever one comes first, okay? And at that point, you would switch them over to layer feed. If you have, I get this question all the time. If you have a mother hen with your flock and she has baby chicks and you're worried about your baby chicks eating layer feed, go ahead and switch the whole flock to starter because that will be okay for them to be on starter for, you know, just for a little while until the baby chicks grow up and they're ready to go on layer feed. And um, just make sure that you have a calcium supplement, and we're gonna talk about that in, in detail in a few minutes. But your adult hens need to have a calcium supplement available to them in a separate dish. And I wouldn't worry too much about the baby chicks eating the calcium because they don't need it, so they're not gonna really be attracted to that. Baby chicks will also need access to chick grit, which is basically like very coarse sand. Um, and you can get it at your farm store if if your baby chicks are with a mother hen in your chicken yard they will probably be able to find that in their natural environment but just to be safe I will get chick grit and give it to them Um, because they really need that to properly digest their food chickens need grit their whole life to properly digest their food it just they they know to eat it it goes into their gizzard and it's like it acts like their teeth it it breaks up their feed okay Mm -hmm. um and some folks will tell you like if you go to the farm store a lot of times they will say oh you don't need to buy grit if your baby chicks are just going to be on their starter feed and we really recommend that they only eat their starter feed but even if that's the case I really recommend just getting the grit and feeding it to them. And you can put a little bit, you know, sprinkle a little bit in their brooder. You can put a little bit into their feed. But if you're especially if your chicks are being raised by a mother hen, they're going to have like that mama hen is going to take them out into the chicken yard and show them all kinds of things to eat like You know, plant life and bugs and whatever else they can find to eat. And so because of that, it's really important for them to have grit. And even if you're not raising chicks, even if you're not having a mother hen raise your chicks, you know, hopefully you'll get you're giving them some outside time. So if they're outside, they're going to eat. If there's a bug in their environment, they're going to eat that. And if they're, you know, if there's grass, they're going to try the grass. They're going to nibble on that. So it's important for them to have grit. I just really encourage people to just go ahead and do that from the beginning. And a lot of people will ask me, okay, do baby chicks need treats? And I mean, I guess they don't need treats, but my answer to this question is yes, um in fact when babies come home one of the first things that i give them is a little bit of crumbled hard-boiled egg and i will just kind of like sprinkle that around so they find it really quickly and you might think oh my gosh you know that's cannibalism but actually it's the same nutrition that they were getting when they were developing in the egg because an egg needs to be incubated before it starts developing (laughs) So when you give them hard-boiled egg, don't worry about it being cannibalism. And I'm going to give you some more guidance about how, you know, how much treats is recommended to give in just a few minutes. Um, But for now, just let me just list some other treats that you can give them. You can give them um, grubs or mealworms. You can kind and they go crazy for that. Uh, You can kind of like crumble them up a little bit and give it to them. And they just love that. Um, And you can do that if you want to buy something for them, give them grubs or mealworms. Um, You can also give them a little bit of whole plain milk yogurt. You can give them some veggie scraps from your kitchen. And for the veggies, they might they might not even eat them. They'll just kind of like play with them. It's more like enrichment. They might actually be like afraid of it at first. <laughs> like, be like, what did this human put in here? Like, super suspicious. <laughs> um, but eventually, they'll start to eat it, you know. And it's just like something that will enrich their lives. Um, especially if they're in the brooder environment and it will hopefully get some fresh nutrition into them. But the majority of their feed, and we're going to talk about this more, the majority of their diet should be starter feed. And of course, if you're giving your your baby chicks chaperoned access to the outdoors, they're going to start nibbling on things in their natural environment. And that's really important for them to have that to have that exposure and to have that access. Just make sure that they are, you know, protected and you're being their chaperone while they're outside. Okay. So, when your baby chicks grow up, they they're all they're all grown up, they and remember we said that that is either at the point of lay or at 20 weeks, whichever comes first. At that point they need to be switched to layer feed and they need to be switched to layer layer grit and also offered a calcium supplement. And that can be the oyster shell, like what I was talking about earlier, or it can be a, you know, like a limestone supplement. I know that, I think I think that's what it is. So Scratch and Peck has one of those. They have a new supplement, a new calcium supplement. Or you can, if you can't do either of those things, you know, if you don't wanna buy anything, you can actually feed them back their own eggshells so that like you can crush their eggshells and actually feed those back to them. And that can be your calcium supplement. But if you do that, I would highly encourage you to also concentrate on giving them some calcium rich kitchen scraps, like things like like greens, okay? Like kale, chard, arugula, um, collard greens. Those vegetables are very rich in calcium. And I, I just think that would be important to concentrate on that if you have this closed system of giving them their own eggshells back to them okay so in chickenlandia you know i said i like to keep things super simple so and i do not believe in like freaking out about measuring stuff like i just think that that that, i don't know that makes the chicken keeping experience more stressful and i want i just want it to be more natural like what we've done for a really long time this is not something that we've stressed out about traditionally through the ages (laughs) So this is why I created the Chicken Landia's Chicken Food Pyramid, and you can use this food pyramid from chickhood to adulthood, and it's just very basic guidance. I think it's better than the um, people food pyramid that we got in the eighties, or it's like it's the seventies or eighties, <laughs> like that was really bad advice. <laughs> but this is different. I, I borrowed a little bit from it, but it's different. I think it's better advice. And I talk about it in my course and I give, you know, everybody that takes my course gets a little PDF that they can print out that has the food pyramid on it, but it's really easy to understand. So I'm just going to describe it here. So it's a, it's shaped like a pyramid and it has three tiers. So nutritionally complete chicken feed that is appropriate for the stage of life that your flock is in is the bottom tier of the chicken food pyramid, and that is the largest section, okay? That's going to be the foundation of your diet, of their diet, not your diet. Don't eat chicken food. I mean, you could, I guess, it's really high quality. <laughs> Never mind. I didn't say that. Don't sue me after you've eaten chicken feed. <laughs> <laughs> my is <disclaimer's> rolling. <laughs> it's for your chickens. This is for your chickens. So the, the foundation of their diet is their nutritionally complete chicken feed for their stage of life. That's what you want the majority of their diet to be. So the second tier is going to be a little bit smaller than the bottom one. And in that tier, I have healthy kitchen scraps. So I want you to focus on vegetables green leafy vegetables are obviously the best and low sugar fruits and also i would put like sprouts like if you're sprouting grains or seeds for your chickens i would put them put them in this category and you know if you want to learn how to grow sprouts for your chickens i will put that video in the description and in the show notes that's super fun especially for kids it's a really fun project and it's so good for chickens and also, like, if you're, you know, you can make it for your chickens and you can sprout stuff for yourself, too. Like, <laughs> because, it's like, it actually tastes really good. So the top tier is the smallest tier. It's at the very top. And in that tier, I have healthy treats. Now, this is where you would put things like mealworms, things that you purchase, you know, treats that you purchase for them, like mealworms or grubs or scratch that would go into the top tier. Um, homemade treats would go into the top tier and like lean proteins um, and higher calorie scraps you would put in this top tier. And this could be things like scrambled eggs, whole milk yogurt, leftover corn that your family had, shrimp tails, things like that. Chickens really love shrimp tails. (laughs) But but that, you know, that's it in a nutshell. It's very simple. You just concentrate on, because sometimes people will be like, Okay, tell me exactly how many treats I should give my chicken in a day. And, you know, it's like I I just don't want I feel like being so strict with it will kind of it just kind of takes the joy out of the experience. Because, you know, throughout history, our ancestors have been out with the chickens, throwing their feed to them, throwing their treats to them. And that has been their way to connect with nature, you know, part of their way to connect with nature. And I really think that, you know, chicken keeping now in these modern times should also be just this stress-free way of reconnecting with this tradition that we've kind of lost. So I don't want you to get wrapped up in like, oh my gosh, you know, am I doing this right? This should be something that really feels natural to you and I think if you just kind of keep this food pyramid in your mind, you are going to do great and your chickens are going to love you. They're just going to love you for it. <laughs> and they'll love the, the food too. And you know, what I have found is that when I'm, you know, when I'm feeding my chickens healthy leafy greens and stuff like that, I actually feed my family better, which is kind of sad, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna feed these scraps to my chickens because you know it's not good for them. It's like, well, I just fed that to my family. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so I am going to answer a couple of questions that uh, were submitted through my website. The first one is from Marissa. She says, Hey there, Dahlia. Hey there. <laughs> I'm learning a lot in the land of Chickenlandia. Thank you. You are so welcome. I just watched your chicken feed video and was wondering if you feed the pellets plus grub mix. Uh, does that mean you do not do additional mealworms? Okay, so actually, what she's talking about is um, I was ta- I, in that video. I was talking about the scratch and peck pellets. And those are, they now. and now they have a crumble. So they have pellets and a crumble, and they have a mash feed. And the pellets and crumble have grub protein in them. Um, They're made with grub protein. So Marissa is asking, like, if you're feeding this feed that has grub protein in it, do you need to give them mealworms in addition to that? And she also asked, if oyster shell is in the mix, do you add extra? Okay, so... Um, there will be calcium in whatever layer feed you choose uh, to give them. But even so, I, th- you know, I think it's important to still supplement extra calcium in a separate dish so that you're certain that they get the amount that they need. Because, you know, like I said, they have just these really high nutritional needs and calcium is a big one because it helps them to lay good, strong eggshells. Okay. It helps them to, to, Helps their body to make good, strong eggshells. And you want that. You don't want them to be laying eggs with weak eggshells if you could help it. So I would go ahead and just and offer them oyster shell in a separate dish. And as for the pellets with grub protein, you can, you can still just follow the chicken food pyramid. And if you want to give them a, a little extra mealworms, you can. Mealworms are different from grubs. But as long as you're not going overboard with them and you're kind of following that that basic guideline you're gonna be fine or you can give them some other kind of treat you know it doesn't have to be mealworms so um i hope that i hope that makes sense i hope that's helpful to you marissa sarah asked i just watched your youtube video on fermenting feed so i one of my one of my most watched videos on youtube is about fermenting feed and I'm going to leave the link to that in, in the show notes and in the description. Um, it's a super easy tutorial on how to ferment chicken feed. And I think it's a great way to feed your chickens if you choose to do, do that. So Sarah says, I have a question about how you feed your chickens. Currently, I leave food and water out 24-7 and they free feed. Do you give your fermented feed as meals like we would our dogs, or do you leave it for them after it's fermented? Thanks in advance. I subscribe to your channel. I look forward to watching more of your stuff. You are so welcome, Sarah. When I'm feeding my chickens fermented feed, um, right now I'm not giving them fermented because I have a little duck, Mr. Robot. He's my little Drake. He was getting it like all over his face. And because he's special needs, he couldn't clean off his face. So I had to switch my chickens to the pellets. (laughs) But um, I love feeding my chickens fermented feed. But when I was doing it, what I would do is I would give them their feed once in the morning as much as they would finish by like early afternoon time. And at that point, I would give them the kitchen scraps that I was going to give them for the day. So if you're not feeding kitchen scraps, you can give them just enough feed in the morning to last all day or, you know, if they're done by early afternoon, you can give them a little bit more. The main thing that you want is for all of that feed to be eaten before bedtime because lots of critters like fermented feed, not just chickens, okay? And you don't want to have that out. Is just like, you may as well have a neon sign that says, rats come here now, <laughs> you know, rat buffet, come and eat free, you know, and you don't want that. Okay. So, um, it is best to make your fermented feed in batches that they're going to consume in a day. So I would usually have like three batches going at a time. And when the first batch is ready, I take that, feed it to the chickens. And then that one goes to the back of the line. And then the next day, the next batch is ready and so on and so forth. So I hope that makes sense. Um, and if you, you know, like I said, if you wanna learn how to ferment feed, you can watch the video and I'll I'll make sure and post that link for you guys. So I hope these answers were helpful to you. Sarah and Marissa, thank you so much for your questions and good luck with feeding your flock. I know you're gonna do absolutely fine and your chickens are gonna be super happy. Okay, so right now I'm gonna open up the chat for questions. Okay. So we have a question from Homestead Jen. Homestead Jen asks, how do I intre- introduce new chicks to a flock? So there is a process to it. And I do have a video about it that will show you how to do it in great detail. And I'll post that video in the description and in the show notes. But the the short version of it is what you need to do, you know, if you have chicks Uh, You want to wait until they're either almost the same size as your existing flock or adult age, depending on the on the on the size of the breed of chicken. And what I mean is if you have like, let's say you have a standard flock and you have standard size chicks, you'll want to wait until they're about, you know, 12 weeks to start that integration process. Okay, because they're going to be pretty big at that time. They're still juveniles but they'll be pretty big, and they should be able to to you know deal with that process of integration as long as they have like hiding places and stuff. And what you're and what you're going to do is well, hold on. Let me tell you this other thing first. If you have a you know a standard size flock or a mixed flock that has standards and bantams, and the new chicks that you're putting into your flock are little bantams, then it's best to wait until they're pretty much adults, because they're so small. Okay, and a and an adult chicken is going to be way more assertive than a juvenile chicken. Okay, so just to be safe, what I tell people, and it it totally depends on the personality of your flock. Like you may be able to integrate them sooner than that, but these are basic guidelines to be safe. You can start from here, and then if you realize, you know, I think it's okay for me to integrate them a little bit sooner, you can do that. So twelve either 12 weeks if they're standards or if they're bantams, especially if they're really small bantams, you want to wait until they're almost adults. And what you will do is you'll have a separate place for the new chickens to be. And you want them separate but seeing. So in my chicken yard, I have within it, a, another couple of runs, I have one like smaller run within my chicken yard. And that's where I put my new chicks, you know, my, my new ones that I'm integrating. Um, and I, you know, they're, they're not actually chicks, they're like juvenile chickens. But I'll put them in there and they can like see the flock, the flock can see them, they can posture at each other, and they can kind of work out that pecking order, but they can't get to each other to hurt each other. And if you were to take juvenile chickens and just throw them in with your flock, depending on the personality of your flock, they could get killed. Like, you know, sometimes hens can be real serious about that pecking order. And if they see like young newcomers, they can really go after them. But I, you know, usually it takes a few weeks. Sometimes it'll be less. Sometimes it'll be more. But you've got to be really patient. And if you begin to let them be together um, and you like, there's like some severe bullying going on. And I mean like uh, blood is being drawn or they're being like super intense about keeping the newbies from e- drinking or eating. And you should have several places, you know, several eating and drinking um, stations when you're integrating your chicken so that you can be sure that they're getting enough food and water. But if they're just making it really, really difficult, then you have to start that process of integration again. But there's always going to be a working out of the pecking order. And sometimes it's not great to see it. Like your your, your newbies are going to hide. Um, but if they're not getting hurt or they're not being like starved, I wouldn't worry about it too much. And it shouldn't last that long. Like eventually they will they will become – Chickens, just like their older brothers and sisters, and they will be part of the flock. Don't worry about it. So, but I do have, I have like lots of podcasts about that. I've got um, a video about that that I will post in the show notes and in the description. Okay, uh, so Shauna actually asked a very important question. Do I need to feed my rooster a different feed than my layer hens? And I do get this question a lot. So technically, your rooster does not need the amount of calcium that is in layer feed. Okay. This is how, how I feel about this, is that the needs of your laying hands, the nutritional needs of your laying hands, is a lot uh, more critical than the nutritional needs of your rooster. And I'm not saying that the rooster is like less, or, but the, the, your hens just have very high nutritional needs. So I think, you know, in my opinion, the priority is to make sure that your hens are getting what they need. And I think when you're measuring that to the possible, you know, like, you know, very small risk that your rooster might have of getting too much calcium, I would, you know, lean on the side of it's more important for your hens to get the the layer feed that they need. And it's more important for your whole flock to be together and for you not to be stressing out about what your rooster is eating versus what your hens are eating. You know, all my chickens eat the same feed. Um, and I you know, it's a high quality feed. You could go with an all flock but i have found that a lot of the all flock feeds are just not as high quality um as i would prefer so i i am going to i'm going to lean towards this is what this is my advice would be to just give your flock layer feed and don't worry about it um i think the damage that could possibly happen to your rooster from getting too much calcium just doesn't compare to, you know, your hens not po- not getting what they need in order to have a good, healthy reproductive system and, and lay good, strong eggs. So I hope that helps. Susan Harden says, how do I get them to go back into the coop at night? <laughs> so, I remember my first flock, I would be out there, you know, because they wouldn't go into the coop. And it would be dark and they would just be like huddled underneath it. So I would go out there and I would pick them up and put them in the coop. And honestly, like, I still do that. You know, (laughs) if I have new chickens that I'm integrating with the flock, usually they know because they see like they see the flock going into the coop. But when they're the only ones out there, sometimes they just don't know what to do. Um, So if you need to go out there and pick them up and put them in the coop and eventually, you know, it won't you won't be doing that many times like probably two or three times and they will get the hang of it. They will they will learn, okay, I need to go up because they have that natural instinct of just like I need to go up at night. I need to go up to roost because that's where a chicken feels safe. Because if you think about it, if chickens just slept on the floor, they'd be, you know, subject to predation like a lot more than they would be if they're up in a tree. So they have that instinct. So I think if you help them along just like their mother hen would A mother hen would would help them along and show them, hey, you need to go up at night. You do that at night, that's fine. You know, you be their mother hen, that works. Okay, guys, I am going to answer one more question. And I'm sorry, I can't get to everybody's question. I know I've got a lot of questions today. Remember, you can go to my website and submit your question. Okay, so uh, Cookie Crumb Fun asks what age do chickens begin to lay eggs? What age do they lay eggs? So it it, it depends on the breed. Usually they start from about 16 weeks to 20 weeks. Um, but it depends on the breed. Like sometimes chickens will start pretty early. Um, and sometimes they'll start later than that, especially if they're not bred to lay, you know, like if they're like show chickens or they're bantams, they may start later than that. And they will It also depends on the time, like the season that you get your chickens. So if you get your chickens in the fall and they come in or not in the fall, but if you get them like, let's say, late summer. So right when it starts to get colder and the days start to get shorter, they're coming into the time when normally they would lay. But because the days are shorter, they will wait until, you know, early spring to begin laying. So that's another consideration to take. But um, usually it'll be from 14, f- around 14 to 20 weeks, you'll start seeing those. F- I mean, sorry, 16 to 20 weeks, you'll start seeing those first eggs. So, guys, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you to my moderator and co producer, Kelsey Paulus, also known as the Chickenlandia Presidential Advisor. Thank you to Talking to Crows for editing this episode and to Double M Ranch for their wonderful podcast art. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate and review it or give me a thumbs up if you're watching me on YouTube. Um, That really helps me to get this content in front of more people, and I really appreciate it, okay? But most of all, beyond all of that, I want you to remember that you are always welcome in Chickenlandia. Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit welcometochickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bok-o!